Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello? Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is PlushCare. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hi, I'm Ethan Suplee. Welcome to American Glutton. Outside of acting, my two favorite things to do are diet and eat. I have a very complicated relationship with food, and on this podcast, we're going to talk about all of it. Food as entertainment. Food as sport. Food as fuel. I'll talk to experts and the average person, just like you and me. Today on American Glutton, I bring you a very special guest. This man put me in my very first feature film, Kevin Smith. Kevin has had many ups and downs in his battle with weight loss, just like I have. And he has taken on a whole new lifestyle change, which I cannot wait to discuss with him. Please enjoy. Kevin Smith, welcome to American Glutton. Oh my God. I feel like I was born for this show. <laughs> yes. I mean, you're a little late. You're like two years too late. I right. really could have given you a True uh, insight into gluttony right before the heart attack. Yeah, right? but, but really, we could have done this 20 years ago or even 25 years ago. I I, I always get mistaken of of how long ago it 25, really was. This is the Mallrats 25th anniversary. Is uh, we we shot in 1995 and it came out in 95. So we are in the 25th anniversary year. Isn't that fucking nuts? It's insane. We've known each other for 25 years, and and we were just talking before we got the show started and whatnot about Ethan's career. And I was like, my perspective of your career is shy of maybe fucking Ben Affleck. You're the most successful person in Mallrats because I see you in movies all the time. And unlike Affleck or Jason Lee or Jason Mewes or me or anybody in that fucking cast, you have also worked with Scorsese. I have worked with Scorsese. These are big, huge accolades that I don't feel I can truly honor. So strange. Like, but that's what you built. And and like I also said before we got started, I was like, I see Ethan like a Stephen Root who you can plug him into any movie and make that movie fucking stronger. And he's in everything <laughs> like where you're like, Oh my God, he's in this. Oh my God, he's in this and stuff. You work with quality class people and shit. And you work with Hugh Laurie, Hugh Laurie for two years. Yeah. I mean, you, you breathe rarefied air and you always have like in terms of being castable at one point you were castable for a look. Yes. Um, I mean, in ours, 
Uh, but that but that is my perception. If we're if we're talking about that, my perception is I am castable for a look and not so castable anymore. That's just so strange to me. Like I don't what are the movies you did when you were like biker thin? And when I say biker thin, it sounds like you were he was at a fucking metal gang. Yeah. He was he was a so, yeah, cyclist. cyclist. I think I did. I did a movie with Nick Cassavetes called Yellow, which never came out. Right. I did The Wolf of Wall Street, but I'd started to put on muscle then. And I did a movie with Jonah Hill. And then there was a reporter. Who, yes. You and know he goes to talk about? to James Franco yes. in a jail and shit. Yeah. yeah and yeah, I did I that him. movie. I was thin. But then there were no other movies. And I made the decision to get fat again to do movies. A conscious decision? A conscious decision. I was like, so, this isn't working. All right. So this is interesting to me because I'm a guy who was heavy. And st- I still, I look in the mirror. I see a heavy fucking person. I see me with my clothes off. I know that I'm fucking like. I am being on no magazine or something like that. Like I've lost weight, but I would not consider myself in shape, so to speak. But that being said, now having lost the weight, I could see myself slipping backwards in terms of like, oh, I just took my off the ball and I just started eating shit. Because even even though I'm a vegan, there's you know sugar's vegan, so you could still fucking pack on the pounds. Right. Bread's vegan, you could still pack on the pounds. But in my head. That would always be an accidental slide. Right. Like I could never see myself going like, you know, I'm going back to eating the way I ate um, because fuck them or fuck the world. Or more importantly, because I could get a job like that would never be part of my matrix. You literally had to make that decision. Yeah. I think I told my family it was like uh, Christmas of 2013. I said, I'm done. I'm going to gain weight and I want to go back to work. And I didn't have a figure in mind. I just started eating again. Like I just didn't think about. You know, every day, I imagine it's similar for you, is thinking about dieting and what I'm allowed to eat, what I'm not allowed to eat, portions, shit like that. I just was like, I'm done doing that. And I gained close to 100 pounds, a little bit more than 100 pounds. I kept working out and lifting weights and shit, but I gained a lot of weight. So you put on mass and muscle and mass. Yeah. And so at that point, you felt like, "Uh, I got more work. Yeah, I, I really, and I did. I did a TV show. Almost immediately. You don't think you would have gotten that TV show if you were cyclist then? I don't think so. I don't think that TV show works. I wonder, like, I mean, it's so weird because this is, this is a body dysmorphia that you only hear about generally (laughs) with actresses who are like, if I'm not, you know, fucking this, then I'm going to lose this part or like, you know, studios going, you get on a fucking scale and we got to make sure you weigh what you're supposed to weigh for a TV show or this was self. Like self-prescribed, yeah, self-prescribed. Yeah. But the really shitty thing about it is it was self-prescribed and usually you could think like, well, that's a real stupid decision to make. And obviously it didn't work, but but it worked, but it pays off fucking at the end of the day. It's like you're rewarded for. Yeah. By the the way, that TV series is one of my favorite jobs I've ever had. I think it's so awesome. How was he? Amazing. He was amazing. I heard him one time with a British accent and thought he was Fucking, fucking around. around. Yeah. Because he stayed in the... Stayed in character the whole time for two years. Um, I watched uh, recently the HBO thing he did, Avenue 5. five. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and he switched between accents. Like, yeah. he starts as a slick American, then he reverses himself it to go. be him. Yeah. <laughs> this is who I really am. Whatever. <laughs> what? Where did they shoot? We started in San Francisco, hated it so much that we moved for season two to L.A., and it was a lot better shooting in LA. San Francisco is a surprising, surprisingly a shithole. Is that right? Uh, I 
I don't know how many dead bodies I've been in a lot of your movies and I've never experienced a dead body on the set of one of your movies. We had seven coroner trips to base camp to remove dead bodies in San Francisco. Never happened before and has never happened since. What, for what? How? What? What? Just ODs. Uh, people die. There was a suicide, uh, stabbing. People died of exposure, just like fucking at base camp in between trailers, dead bodies. That had nothing to do with production. Nothing. I was like, this is a, this is a cursed set. <laughs> <It's> <laughs> San Francisco. Nothing. So wait, it was just like, because there was base camp there, people just roamed in and that's where they fucking dropped it. Even if there's one, by the way, it's fucking too <laughs> it's much. Too many. It's too much. Nobody gets into the fucking movie business or TV business, entertainment business for reality. No. You know, no. all the dead bodies we want to see are make believe. Yeah. There's some guy laying there trying to hold his breath. Yeah. So when you go to work and somebody's like, don't go between those two trailers. Right. Somebody died there. Yeah, that's kind yeah, of. They got to determine if it's a homicide, and then they're going to rope off. Like, by the way, your trailer could be off limits for the day because they're hauling away dead bodies. Seven at base camp, but I think there were uh, like thirteen coroner sightings where it's like, no, it's a block away, so it's not going to disrupt production at all. What is it? Just a massive homeless population, drug population? Yeah. So mm -hmm. and needles everywhere. But and you came to Los Angeles to get away from that. It's so much better here. That's a fucking great commercial for L.A. Yeah. <laughs> Put you on the radio and shit. Yeah. <laughs> Be like, look, to L.A. Less death. Yeah, you ain't you ain't San Francisco, yeah. L.A. <laughs> right? Yeah. It, I mean, it was wild. Oh my god! So then they moved the show and they said, "Let's do it here." Yeah. Um, how was working for Hulu? Were they good? Amazing. Hulu was amazing. The writers were amazing. This gal, Alexandra Cunningham, wrote it based on a book by a guy named Kem Nunn. Mm. Fucking dream job. I played an actual badass who was smart, so it was a complete departure for me. Mm. It was really, really fun. It's true. You wind up playing the fucking... Goofy, dumb. Yeah, yeah, yeah I yeah. mean, and that's fine, too. I enjoy that. But this guy was like philosopher, badass ninja guy. That's dope. Yeah, it was awesome. You should watch it. I bet what you like it. Chance. Chance. Yeah. I, mean, I think Jennifer watched it. Yeah. She fucking consumes TV. It consumes everything. I, like, at a certain point, realized that, like, I can't do all the shit that I'm doing and consume all the shit there's consumed. And then we entered a world where there's, like, who can keep up with how much content. There's so much. And, and but I think it also went down a little bit. Like it, I feel like there was that moment where like everything on television was incredible. Mm. And then oh, now it's just quantity. There's just so much. Yeah. Yeah. Now it's just, it's a lot. Yeah. And you can't keep up. I, I remember being a well-observed student of pop culture and thankfully I had that. It fueled my fucking career. I, but I couldn't keep up with what's so going on now. Much, like, yeah. you know, I couldn't be well-versed in everything because there's way too fucking much. Yeah, it's all over the place. So we, I'm super impressed with what you've done. And as a former, but, but, and that's a weird, tricky thing to say too, former fat guy, because I, um, though I don't go by it scientifically, I right. do look at like body mass index stuff and go, Oh, I'm still obese right? because I'm, but my body fat percentage is 13%, which is way better than most people. Yeah. But I, I'm still if fat. I had to guess at mine, 50, <laughs> no fucking chance. I'm looking there's at no you muscle. right now. I see bones though. But there's no muscle whatsoever. Like, honestly, if you felt like I look at your, what's the weakest muscle in your body right now? Calves? No. So which one? I have no weak muscles. Kevin. <laughs> I, I mean, no you fucking look it, dude. You know, there's there's a mine is like like it's jello. There's yeah. no like if somebody was make make a muscle and I did, they'd be like, <clears throat> it's like Bugs Bunny when he'd make a muscle and then. 
You look fucking incredible. That's because I wear layers, son. <laughs> you don't see me wearing fucking <laughs> sleeves where you look at these fucking guns. Tight shirts what? You said that you guys were working out at yeah. that point. Yeah, we were. He, um, We were working out deep in the valley, and uh, there was a solid crew. I've changed my workouts quite a bit, and right now I'm doing something where, where the workouts I was doing with Muse, it was kind of like exercise. Right. And I've now started focusing on, like, I have to hit a certain muscle group a certain amount. So you're like leg day. Yeah. Arm day. And people show up and they're like, no, we don't want to do leg day because a lot of people don't want to do leg day. And and then if I get dissuaded from my leg day, it throws off my week. So I've now worked out all by myself. Yeah. Um, I honestly like of any, if I went into a gym, the one muscle set that I do have are my calves. My wife and my kid make fun of me. For like, uh, you know, I'm used to moving very briskly in public anyway. So if we're like in an airport, this is the only time we're ever all together or Disneyland or some such shit. I'm usually kind of right in front of them and they'll mock me constantly like, oh, the fucking gun show. Look at the fucking gun. (laughs) And, you know, one time the kid took a picture and I was like, I, I have a muscle somewhere. Like, and I think that's because those calves had to hold up the carriage for a long, for a long fucking time. time. And I will say this as a fat guy who's always observant of other portly gentlemen. And I watched you on a number of sets and I was always like, how come he's not sitting down? He doesn't sit down. The dude is fucking always walking, Mm. always on his feet, doesn't sit down. Whereas I'm like, if I have a moment, I'm like, my legs and my feet are dying. I got to find somewhere to sit. Give me a fucking apple crate. I'm sitting. I'll sit on the floor. True. And I was in the beginning, I, I would sit a lot. Like, I'm chasing Amy. I remember laying on the floor quite a bit. Um, but that was just like, this I'm is an auteur. So, yeah, this is so indie. We don't even need chairs, man. Right. But the, uh, the, the, the journey for me began out of necessity. It wasn't even choice. All the, all, you know, I, for, when I first got in the business, I weighed, let me see, 210, 220 when we made clerks. Then mall rats, my weight went up a little bit. I think I gained like 30 pounds between clerks and mall rats together. Then took some off going into chasing Amy. I was dating Joey. Um, then heading into dogma, I was at my then adult, like thinnest, because I was on a drink diet uh, right. optifast yep i've done it so i would drink the optifast and that's generally through a doctor yeah. you have to go to a doctor to prescribe it or something because it's shit. a severe it's 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 a hardcore diet pretty much you're, it's a liquid diet yeah um so i would do that for years that's total meal replacement um you know and you're drinking like three of these or a day or six depending on how big or small they are so did that before dogma. And so I was at like, like my then adult thinnest, which I think was like 210, got close to like 200. And that was 1998. So I was like 28 years old. That's when I met Jen. So that locked that up when I was in my best shape. (laughs) And then she got pregnant and she got big and I got big with her sympathy. But she, you know, she delivered her weight. Right. (laughs) And then I carried mine for the next like 10 fucking years. So I, you know, I'm going through the office recently and cleaning up and found like photos and you can trace like, you know, I'm certainly not blaming them, but I stretch the imagination. But marriage and having a kid like I, 
I let go and I can't understand why she was never like, bro, like, hey, man, not for nothing. But like, this is not what you look like when we fucking met. She was always really cool. Um, and by cool, I mean, she never like gave me shit about it. So I would, you know, I lost weight at one point before the heart attack years before when I saw that documentary about sugar. Yeah. Um, it was, I forget what the title of it, but it was like, you know, I was like, oh my God, like maybe it's cause they used animation, but they just broke down nutrition for me in a way that I understand. So I eliminated sugar from my diet and I lost like 40, 50 pounds or something like that. So, and I think then I was at 230. That was my lowest, but like that had been the best I'd been in a long time. My highest that where I ever rang the fucking bell was, um, I remember I was like, if you ever weigh the area code, you're in trouble. Right. And so we hit three, two, three, which is my area code. And I was like, oh my God, well, might as well even it out and took it to three thirty. <laughs> so I was three bills and change at one point. So after the sugar doc, I took off a bunch of weight. And that was like, I would say around the time of yoga hosers, I think. Then sugar slowly crept back in and the weight crept back up. Um, not to as high as it had been at that point. And then right around the heart attack, I think I was at like 280 or something like that. Heart attack happens. And that, you know, I've never had heart problems, never had health problems other than being morbidly obese and shit like that. Never really had high blood pressure or anything. And that ran in my family. My father was diabetic as fuck. His whole family was diabetic. His parents died of diabetes. My dad had a massive heart attack at 67. He was diabetic his whole life and stuff. So I was always looking for the diabetes bullet my whole life. You know, my mother was like, you can't fuck with sugar. Like, you know, you got to calm down. So when I got off sugar, she was like, oh my God, thank God. I never thought about the heart bullet, even though genetically I was predisposed. Like when I had the heart attack, the doctor was just like, you know, um, we found when he, they had me in the ER, he's like, we we found what it is. It's you have 100% occlusion in your LAD, which is the big artery that goes across. 100%. Blocked. Nothing's getting through. He's like, and what had happened, he described it. He said, that artery is so blocked that the blood that can't get through it is blowing the artery up which is in turn pushing down on the heart, Oof. which is in turn pushing down on the lungs. Cause I never felt heart pain. Never felt like my arm is numb. Never felt like there's an elephant on my chest. All I, I couldn't breathe and I, it, I could breathe, but it was all shallow. Couldn't go, couldn't take it all the way up to the top. Could only take it halfway. And I was like, I've never felt like this. So to me, it was never a heart problem. How long was that? How long did that last? Is this, this is like all an in the hour span of an or? hour because okay. we were doing two shows. I was shooting two show, meant to shoot two shows for a comedy special. We only wound up shooting the one because then I almost fucking died. So we were between the two shows. We had done the seven o'clock show and then we were going to do the nine thirty. So it was between those shows. I said hi to some of the Showtime people and stuff. We're backstage, and then I went into my. I was drinking milk. I was a big milk drinker, so I was drinking milk, and then I felt nauseous and hot and weird, and I was like, maybe I drank some bad milk or some such shit. And I never really get sick like that. And I was just laying on the floor and just kind of chased people out of the room because I was like, I don't like to be sick around people and stuff. And I threw up, but it was all just bile. And, you know, these are things you learn later on. It's like, that's that's a fucking indicator of a heart attack is nausea. And they never tell you that shit. Like, yeah. It's like, if your arm goes numb, fucking run for a doctor. Simple nausea is an indicator. Overheating. Like I was fucking boiling, man. Like I had Emily, did my hair and makeup. 
she came in, she was just running a hairdryer and cold on me. And she's like, your neck is freezing cold. Are you sure you're hot? I'm like, I fucking, I'm boiling here and shit. So, you know, the next show was coming up and I was like, can I just find a place to lay down? And they found me a couch to lay down on. I was trying to like catch my breath. And again, hadn't done anything. I mean, I'd done the show, but it's not a very active show, but still, you know, maybe one could say, Hey, the adrenaline, I chalked it up to like, I'd smoked a fuck ton of weed that day more than even usual because I was going to be doing the show at night. So I said, Oh, maybe I just did this to myself. Like I smoked too much. Like that's why my lungs feel this way, but it wasn't a lung thing. So Jordan, Jason's wife who runs our company, she was like, uh, you know, I said, this is going to sound weird, but like, Maybe we shouldn't do that show. And I know we got enough. We did like I did two hours material. So I think we could. And she's like, no problem. She's like, I said, can we call a doctor? I never you know, like is Sunday night. And she said, uh, no, but I called an ambulance. And I was like, you call an ambulance. What the fuck are you doing? Like, no, man. Like, oh, my God. Like, I just smoked too much weed. I don't need an ambulance. She's like, I've never seen you be sick and like rather safe than sorry. And I was like, oh, my God. And so the ambulance showed up. And the guys came in and, uh, first people that come when you call an ambulance, I guess like the fire department gets called along with the ambulance. So fire, six firemen come in, big guys. And they're looking at me and like, some of them recognize me and like, I had my arms straight up. I was sitting up and I held my arms straight up there because I was trying to facilitate breathing. I don't even know why, you know, self, that was a self kind of prescription right there. I've heard that. I feel like that would be my instinct too. It was just like, if I can't breathe, I'll hold these up. So I walked in, those guys walked in, I'm sitting there with my arms up and fucking, some of them are like, why is Silent Bob celebrating a fucking touchdown? <laughs> and, uh, two medics two you know, emergency, uh, responders, first responders come in guy and a girl. And the guy's like, you know, uh, oh, Mr. Smith. I was like, Mr. Smith's my father. He's like, I've heard that joke. He's like, uh, we're just going to check on you. See how you're doing. What's up? Cause I can't quite catch my breath. And the lady brought in, had looked like a fishing tackle box, had a bunch of leads and wires in it and shit. And I was wearing my hockey jersey, sitting there in the chair and, you know, weighing 280. This lady yanks my jersey up and I'm like, wow, and instantly yank it down because like fucking nine tits fell out of my <laughs> fucking shirt when she did that. And I'm like, what are you doing? And she's like, I get these leads on you. And I was like, well, don't. There's people standing around. Like, I'm incredibly fucking modest and shit. Like, I saw Jack Black do a TikTok recently with no shirt on. I was like. I wish I was him. Me too. I wish I could be that fucking dude who's like, look at it. I don't give a fuck. Yeah. So, you know, my whole life I was trying to keep that shit under wraps. I was like, whoa. And she's like, I got these leads on you. I was like, well, I'll hold the shirt out. And you just reach under there. Use my nipples as guideposts and put it wherever you want and shit. And she's like, we don't have time for this to the guy. And he's just like, um, Mr. Smith, I need you to open up your mouth and lift up your tongue. And I'm going to put this in here and stuff. He sprayed something under there. And. It was so like I was, and then he was like, okay, you can close your mouth. And I remember thinking like, so fucked up my whole life. My parents have been like, if anyone ever tells you, open your mouth and put something in it. You say, no, you run and you tell a cop. And just cause this dude was wearing a uniform. I was like, yeah, go ahead. Oh. <laughs> so the, they knew. And I didn't, she knew because she had the leads and she's looking at her chart. Uh, he goes, you know, Mr. Smith, uh, would you like to take a ride to the hospital with us? I was like, oh no, no, that's not necessary. I, was, I just smoked way too much weed today. He's like, yeah, I know. But like, just to be safe, it's going to look good for me. If I bring you in, like that's kind of procedure. And he's going, you ever been to the hospital before? So I visit people, but I've never been. He goes, oh, you're going to love it. I said, really? He goes, yeah, it's a good time. I'm telling you, man. He's like, we got an ambulance here. You ride an ambulance. You ever been in one of those? I said, well, I've shot a movie in one, but I've never been in the back of one. He's like, oh, you're going to get to ride an ambulance. It could be amazing. So I said, all right, let's fucking go. And the six firemen, that's when they were brought in. So he's, you know, they bring this chair that's a, like a stretcher. 
but it turns into a chair, yeah. like a transformer. And so they turn into this chair and they're like, we're going to get you in the chair. And I was like, all right. And I go to get up and like, whoa, you're not getting up. Stay right where you are. I was like, how am I getting to the chair? They're like, we got it. Six firemen came over and picked me the fuck up. And I felt like a boy again, a child. I was like, I've, it's been eons since anyone picked me up and right. fucking that easily. This was fucking, I was like, wee, this, this is fucking great and shit. They put me in the chair and then they took it upstairs, turned it into a stretcher, put in the ambulance and shit. Drove me to the hospital. Now, you know, since we were shooting, you get a call sheet and there's always a hospital listed. They did not take me to the nearest hospital. They didn't take me there because the two kids knew that I was having a heart attack. They didn't tell me. And they took me to a hospital a little further away, the Adventist hospital, but they heart got place. the heart place. They got the heart people there. So they took me there and they bring me into the ER and stuff. And, uh, fucking six brawny ER dudes picked me up and put me on the fucking thing. And I'm like conscious. It's not like I'm, I can't speak or anything like that. And I, at this point, I'm still like, you know, too much weed, absolutely self-diagnosed is too much weed. So Dr. Leidenheim comes in. That's when I first meet him. The guy who saved my life and shit. And he was just like, how are we doing here? I was like, great. I just can't catch my breath. He goes, well, what's your pain level? Zero to 10. And I said, negative three. And he goes, you're not in pain. I was like, not really in pain. I just can't catch my breath. He goes, well, if you're not in pain, you're doing it all wrong. I said, what do you mean? He goes, you're having a heart attack right now. You should be in a lot of pain. I said, I'm having a heart attack? He goes, you're having a massive heart attack. They didn't tell you? I said, no. And he goes, yeah, we got to get you upstairs. Because if it's what I think it is, we got to move very fast and stuff. Holy shit. So I was like, oh, okay. And Does uh, pain set in then? Or are you still, still just no. like- Now it's shock. And yeah. now also, I mean, this is the crazy thing. I'm sitting there going, it's fucking quack. He doesn't know what he's talking about. I'm clearly not having a heart attack. <laughs> right. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. So the guy comes in. He's got this bucket, this dude, nurse. And he goes, uh, I've got to shave your groin because the doctor goes up your femoral artery to get to your heart. So can you take your jorts off? And I was like, uh, all right. So I take off my jean shorts. I left my underwear on. I still have my hockey jersey on. I ain't taking off fucking clothes. And we're in an ER. And it's like, you've been in an ER. Everybody. Everybody sees you. And, yeah. shit. and I've been in ERs visiting other people. And I know what I do. I'm like, what's that? What's wrong with that? Fuck? <laughs> so I'm looking at everybody. So I know that people coming in when they're done with the terror of their loved one being in danger, they're going to look around and be like, is that Silent Bob? More importantly, is that Silent Bob's dick hanging out? <laughs> is it getting shared? <laughs> and it's fucking small. Like all of this was bad. So I go, um, I take off my jean shorts. He goes, you got to take your underwear off if I'm going to shave your groin. And I was like, well, what is the groin to you? <laughs> and he's like, the, well, the, you know, it's between your leg and your, your crotch. I was like, all right, well, then I don't need to take my underwear off. I'll just pull it to the side. You give me a fucking landing strip on one side. We'll do the other. And he goes, uh, we ain't got time for this. Like, and I said, buddy, that old man, he just told me that I'm having a heart attack. You make me take my pants off in front of all these people. I'm going to have a second heart attack and that's on you. <laughs> so he was like, all right. And he shaved me that way. And then they wheeled me up to the OR. I'm still wearing my hockey jersey and my underwear. Wheels me into the fucking room. First thing the doctor says is, why is he wearing a hockey jersey? And and he's wearing underwear. And the, the orderly goes, he's got body shame issues. And I said, yeah, doc. Like, I don't like want any. I got a small dick. I don't want anybody seeing it. And the doctor goes, we ain't got time for this. And he ripped my underwear off my body <laughs> because, you know, and I'm like, what the fuck? 
Um, he has putting shit in your mouth. They're putting their hands everywhere and they're fucking like getting ready to go into my fucking dick. Now, if he hadn't told me that I was having a heart attack, I would have been like, no fucking, yeah, you're fighting mine. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, I don't know if I could have fought him, fought him, but like, I would have been like, no, I would have covered it in my hand. I even tried to like tell him, even though they started popping me full of drugs. I didn't know that they put me on. What's the drug? The not morphine, fentanyl, or morphine. Or not fentanyl, that, but yeah. it could have been fentanyl. Yeah, yeah, it's, right. it's fentanyl. So they didn't say that. They're like, we're putting on fentanyl. They, like me, I thought I was honestly like I got out of the operation. Jennifer was there when I got out of the OR, and I said, she goes, "Oh my god, are you all right?" And I was like, "Oh my god, I'm fine. If that's a heart attack, I'll take two of those." And she goes, "Are you serious?" And I was like, "Yeah." She goes, "What do you want, drugs?" And I was like, "They didn't give me any drugs. I did that whole fucking thing sober." And she said the doctor was behind me going, he's on a lot of fentanyl right now. He just doesn't realize it. So the doctor goes, uh, you know, we got to get that jersey off. And I said, no, man, even though I was kind of like, hi, I was like, no, this is my lucky jersey, doc. I got to wear this because I don't want to be naked. And he goes, if it's so lucky, how'd you have a heart attack? in it? Get that fucking shirt off. And they had me naked in this fucking room, man. So at that point, I was like, fuck it all. I hope I die <laughs> because I don't want to face these people tomorrow. And like, you know, they're going to leave the room and be like, this guy's dick, bum dick over here. Fucking like, fuck him. So the doctor, you know, feeds a fuck. They cut into your femoral artery, puncture right into your groin. And they feed a fucking tube up there and they keep you awake. You have to be in twilight because they got to communicate with you. What, what, what can you do? What I mean, what happens? Is they saying, do you feel that? Why do you have to be awake? You, uh, because you have to communicate in terms of, uh, yes, what is this? Or fucking, how is this? Do you feel? The big one is when he fucking gets the thing up there. Do you feel better? Well, he sticks. Uh, he told me he was like, uh, he jammed, you know, the thing goes up there. And I, I don't even feel it. I was like fucking singing the theme song to Degrassi because I was like real fucking high apparently. And I was like, you know, my God, I'm a fucking, I might die tonight, man. I'm fucking like, so I was singing whatever it takes. I know I can make it through the Degrassi theme song. And at one point the doctor goes, is he singing? And the orderly goes, that's the theme song to Degrassi. (laughs) And I was like, you watch Degrassi? He's like, yeah, I used to. I was like, I just started watching the one on Netflix, man. They want to know what's happening. And the doctor goes, can we get a little quiet? I just need to, just need to see what's going on here and shit. So he got up in me. And first man to make that fucking bold claim <laughs> up inside deep. And he goes, it's what I thought it was. He's going, you have a hundred percent occlusion in your LAD. I said, what does that mean? He goes, the big fat artery that goes across the front of your heart, the biggest artery, it is a hundred percent blocked. Nothing can get through. And that's pushing down on the heart, which is in turn pushing down on the lungs and stuff. He's going, so what I have to do is put a stent in you. Do you know what a stent is? And I said, yeah, my mom's got a couple stents in her heart. And he goes, wait a second. Do you have a history of heart problems in your family? I said, no, my mother just has a couple stent in her hearts. And my father died of a massive heart attack at age 67. He goes, we got to go very fucking fast. Right. So he goes, but before I go, he's going, I heard you're a comic book guy. And I was like, I do like comic books. And he goes, then you're going to love this. There's a name for the heart attack you're having. And I was like, what is it? And he goes, it's called the Widowmaker. Ooh. I said, why? As if you need to ask, right? But I was like, why? And he was like, because in 80% of the cases of 100% occlusion, like you have right now, the patient always dies. But you're going to be in the 20% because I'm good at my job. And he disappeared into my crotch, made magic. So I was laying on the table. Like, you know, my whole life, I always figured 50-50 odds, right? Like, you walk out your door, you get hit by a car or some such shit. But 80-20, that's fucking the worst odds I ever heard in my life. So I was sitting there going like, you know, what do I do? Do I fucking turn Catholic again and start praying. And then I was like, you know what? That'd be so 
fucking wrong. And if I was Jesus, I'd be like, didn't you make dogma? Go fuck yourself. So there was no point in like calling out to God or anything like that. So instead, you know, I was like, well, when you die, doesn't your life rush before your eyes? I was like, start the movie early. Go back. Look at your fucking shit because this could be it and stuff. And I did. I looked at my whole life and I felt like I was okay to die. And I don't want that to sound like emo where I was like, death, mim in a minute. But I was like, I went further than I ever thought I'd go. I, I got everything. I got married. I got a kid. I had the whole fucking experience. And, you know, if I live beyond this, it's more of the same. But, like, you should be thankful for the fucking shit you had and what a life you had. And you got to do some fucking crazy shit. And so if this is the end, like, don't be that last guy at the party that's just like, eh, you got any more fucking beer, man? Like, just push back from the table, go home. Like, maybe this is it. Maybe it's time. So I was at utter peace. Helps that I was hopped up on fentanyl. Yeah. Uh, if you want to consider your own mortality, I would suggest getting some fentanyl because I was okay with dying. I was like, you know what? It's been a good run. <laughs> right. And I'm not even like, heaven awaits. Like, yeah. you know, I was Scott Mosier has convinced me over the course of doing podcasts that you know, I'm going to die and go in a box and rot. And that's it. There is no heaven. Yeah. All the shit I was promised as a child is a fucking lie, you know? Right. So I didn't even have that to like, look forward to, but I was legit. Okay. With like, if this is the end, man, like, fuck it. It's been a real special ride. What a wonderful life. How lucky I was to live. It was just an overwhelming sense of appreciation, even in the face of death, which I always assumed in the face of death, I'd be like, whose dick do I got to suck to stay alive? Like yeah. what deals do I make with the fucking devil? You'd have to pull me clawing out of this life. But then when faced with the real fucking moment, I was like, it wasn't that it yeah. was more, I don't know. I guess could have been the fentanyl could have been the case of like, well, you have no control over this. You did. Yeah. And you put yourself here. So you can't be mad. That was the other thing. I wasn't like, who do I blame? Like I know exactly who to blame. I yeah. ate like a fucking idiot my whole life and shit. But regardless of how I ate, there was also the genetic factor. So I could eat clean as I eat now. And let's be honest, I don't eat clean and plant-based, but like, it's not like I'm eating asparagus and shit. Like I'm eating. But it is. So yeah, you're getting less totally of that plant-based, yeah. but still it's, you know, at the end of the day, it's like, if I was true vegan, you know, I was like, Hey man, you want some broccoli with me? Like, right. I don't fuck with that. So <laughs> I just don't eat meat and dairy. Right. French fries are vegan. Very much. I mean, that's the problem. Like, you know, at first I found like, wow, being vegan really helps. And then you realize once you find the comfort eating yeah. within the vegan food. You can do it. It's then all you the could just shit. do the same shit. Yeah. So homeboy went up and saved my life and shit. Like pulled me out the fucking mouth of the fire. I was ready to go. And he was like, we did it. We got a stent in you. And that's why they need you awake because he goes, all right, I'm about to open the stent. He's going, so you got to tell me, do you feel pressure relief? I was like, all right. And he goes, here we go. Count three, one, two, three. And it was literally like fucking somebody had taken a car off of me. He opened up that artery and poof, blood flow happened and shit. So he was like, we did it. And, and they're not pulling that plaque or whatever's blocking out of you. That just gets chewed up by your body. One hopes. Now, after the heart attack, they put me on, uh, you know, cholesterol killing fucking medication. Like I'm on pills and I'll be on pills for the rest of my life. Yeah. I, I take four different pills a day. One is to keep my blood pressure in a good place. One was a blood thinner because when they put that stent in you, um, you don't want it to, to, uh, scar over coagulate. coagulate yeah, like and then I'm back in the same fucking boat where I'm like blocked up and I'm right. having another heart attack and shit. So they put you on blood thinners for like at least a year and stuff, which means that like for a while, if I cut myself shaving, 
it would just bleed way fucking longer than it normally did and stuff. Um, and then they gave me a, I don't know which one it is, um, but there's a plaque eater. Now it softens that shit up, but it don't get rid of it. Right. The way I understand it, it's in my system. Yeah. Like for good. And what the key is like softening it up so that it don't break off into your bloodstream and then go into your brain. That's how you have a stroke and shit like that. So they put me on plaque reducers and stuff like that. And the next morning, you know, I was and they kept me in the hospital overnight. I mean, honestly, like, I, like I was in and out total of 36 hours tops. Wow. And like that doctor said that the next day he was like, yeah, how do you feel? I was like, I feel fantastic. He goes, yeah, he's going, we've made it so that like, you know, it ain't what it used to be. He's going back in the day. I would have had to crack your chest open and you would have sat in this hospital for four months. Just, Fuck. just recovering from me having to fucking rip open your rib cage. Never mind what's going on in your heart, but at least you'd recover and you'd sit there. And you do the work. Right. He's going, the problem now is we made it so easy. I went up your groin. We saved your life. Now you're going to leave here. And maybe you're like everybody else. Maybe you just go back to the way you were living. And then maybe I'm lucky. And maybe I see you one more time before you drop dead. He's going, so it's in your hands at this point. Like, you got to make a change. Otherwise, you're going to come Because the stent, you can still build plaque onto the stent. And if I was a dairy eater and, you know, meat eater and shit like that, like I'd be dealing with that animal cholesterol. I'm I'm not, this ain't a political statement and shit. Believe me, I'm not vegan because I love animals, but like I was raised eating animals. So that was never part of my matrix and stuff, but it's saving my life in the same way that like Tony Stark's arc reactor pulled the fucking metal away from his heart and shit like that. This shit is literally how I don't wind up back in there because my genetics are predisposed to take me there again. Now the doctors looked at my heart just recently. I did the two year checkup and shit. And he was like, I, I can looking at your heart. I know where the heart attack happened. He's going, anyone else looks at your heart. They'd never fucking see it. I know. Cause I was there. He's gone, but like your recovery, like, you know, he told me early on, he was like, you don't have to, stop eating meat like i was in the room and and my you know they brought me chicken nuggets in the hospital my kid was like are you fucking crazy like i was like well they gave it to me in the hospital it must be part of the diet like they wouldn't want me to fucking so my last meat i ever had was barely meat it was a chicken nugget shit didn't even taste like chicken (laughs) i mean i've had vegan chicken nuggets taste more like chicken nuggets than the one i had veggie grill makes a good make a damn good chicken fucking sandwich so and then they got this company nugs makes like the chicken nuggets are just like them Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. My kid was there. My kid had been vegan for three years. And, you know, I was always How did she become vegan? Compassionate. She loves fucking animals. Yeah. So one day she got to a place where she's like, I don't want to be part of the cruelty. And then one day she was like, I'm vegetarian. And we were like, oh, that's interesting. And Jennifer has been vegetarian like most of the kid's life. She went vegetarian like early on. And then... uh, you know, suddenly the kid was like, I'm full vegan. And, you know, watching her try to find a place to eat was like, you know, I was, you're always like, man, I fucking seems like your options are really limited. And if I hadn't been such an American glutton, I would have seen that, oh, your options are limited. Interesting. Right. So when I'm in the hospital, the nutritionist goes, you know, you had 100% blockage. It's a lot of cholesterol. You might want to think about going plant-based. And my kid was there and she's like, yes, do it. One of us, one of us. And, you know, chiefly, I, I assume 
it was because I love my father and I'm going to save his life. But my kid's also strategic as fuck. She knew if I could flip this fucker, he's a huge get for the vegan community. Right. You know what I'm saying? If I could save his life and fucking he goes vegan. He's like, a mascot. <laughs> he'll be out there talking about it. Yeah. So, and also I think she was just like one more, you know, cause everyone else in the house were vegetarians and she was like, I'd like a full vegan. So she took the guy least likely like, you know, she still bitches about like the last Thanksgiving, the last Thanksgiving night Turkey, like everyone else was eating vegetarian oh, vegan. And I was just like, you know, no, I'm having Turkey. And she was like, that's a son of a bitch. And she never said anything to me. And stuff. So she was like, please do it. And I was like, you know, I ate the way I wanted to for 47 fucking years, 46, 47 years. And it put me on a fucking hospital bed and, you know, almost died. So I'll try the vegan thing for six months. And who was it? Adam Rifkin, the director, he reached out to me and he goes, I see, you know, what happened and shit. Penn Gillette had a heart thing and he lost a bunch of fucking weight. Like, and I know him, you want you want me to put you in touch? And I knew Penn, he'd come over the house and done a podcast years before, but I was like, yeah, man, put him in touch. So Penn Gillette was like, uh, before we talk about anything, just buy my book and read my book. That's the first step. And I was like, right on. And so I got the book, book on tape, because I love Penn's voice and listened to it. And I heard why he wanted me to listen to the book, because the program that he was going to advocate was incredibly extreme um, to most. To didn't he do something where it was like all potatoes? There's a gentleman named Ray Cronies who does a, a, a program called Just Sides. Right. And it's, it's all plant-based, all vegan. So in the book, he talks about being like, you know, uh, uh, one of Ray's chronauts or whatever the fuck where Ray knew him socially or something. and was like, I could take a, you know, Penn was actually going in for the surgery and shit. And so this guy was like, before you go under a fucking knife, like if you give me your time, I, I could take weight off of you, but all you right. got to do exactly what I fucking say. And so he was like, all right. And so first part of the program was two weeks, nothing but potatoes, right? You just eat potatoes only and you can't fry them. No oil, no butter, no milk, no salt. None of the shit that makes potatoes no salt. wonderful. Nothing. Just the potato baked or boiled. That's right. it. So, you know, I heard potatoes. Like, I fucking love potatoes. <laughs> like, I could do that. Fucking, I'll try that out and shit. So he put me in touch with Ray. And Ray was like, yeah, it's just like, you know, fucking laid out in Penn's book. Here's the, here's the path. You know, his website had like tutorials every day, things to read and shit like that. What I liked about Ray and what I picked up from Ray, because I think I broke Ray's heart in as much as he wanted to make me like true fucking veggie eating vegan. And, you know, the first, the potato run was, it was at first easy. And in this diet, for those who are like interested, you, it's two weeks and you can eat as many potatoes as you want. Like an apple. Just fucking bag full of potatoes. If somebody gave you 20 pounds of potatoes, you can, if you could put them away, it ain't against the diet. So when I heard this, I'm like, all right, so I can get as much mass as I want. I can, I'll never feel hungry. Right. And I'm eating potatoes. I love potatoes and shit. What you find out is after day three, potatoes without salt, Oof. without fucking butter, without milk, without frying them, without yeah. all the things that make potatoes tolerable is just fucking plain ass potato wax. It's not, yeah, it's not satisfying at all. But um, two things come from this diet. Cause you lose weight. I lost 20 pounds in like two weeks. And that was just from eating potatoes. Now, potatoes, a natural diuretic, it's pretty much hundred percent water. So you're eating something that's solid comes out of you as fucking liquid. 
some people's, uh, you know, beef about the diet. They go, oh, it's all water weight you're losing. Hey, man, what do you think's in a fucking fat cell? Right. Fucking water. So sure. I'll take it. Weight is weight off is weight off. I don't give a shit if it's water weight or I took my fucking sweater off. Like weight off is weight off. Yeah. And in this world, we'll try to convince you otherwise. Everybody's an armchair fucking nutritionist, but like, nah, you can't fucking, you'd be, you'd be fucking eating your muscles if you intermittent fast. That's what I got more out of that program than anything else was I learned how to intermittent fast. And Ray had talked about, it. he's like, I don't eat every day. And I was like, what the fuck do you mean? He's like, I don't eat three meals a day. I don't eat until like, I've tried to break my fast as late in the day as possible. So I try to get to at least noon, usually two o'clock. But when, what does he eat? When he breaks his fast, it was all vegetables. Okay. So I said, um, huh, like, you know, I'm still in potato phase at this point. But the idea of like, what do you mean you don't eat and fucking you feel fine and shit like that? And he's like, yeah, as long as I've done it. And he'd done like four or five days. And I was like, what are you fucking kidding me? So while I'm on the potato diet, I think around day four, I was like, if I have to eat another potato, I'm going to fucking shove it up somebody's ass. Like, fuck this root vegetable yeah. is it even a vegetable it's a fucking tuber why am i doing this <laughs> but if your option is potato or nothing you get to a point where you're like i'd rather eat nothing i can't eat one more fuck it's like being on i assume gilligan's island they all I had with coconuts and shit yeah you just get to a point where you're like i'd rather i'd rather not eat than yeah. eat a fucking potato and so i learned to inter intermittent fast so as much as i'm vegan the key i think to my weight loss has been intermittent fasting. Number one, I don't eat breakfast anymore. I break my fast as late in the day as I can. Um, and I generally got down to like one meal a day. Yeah. I was going to ask you this too, because it, I, if I thought like, if you, if you gave me, if you just said to me, just be vegan, but whatever version of vegan you want, I'm at veggie grill every day me and too. I'm not losing weight. What do you mean? Because I'm going to eat three of those chicken sandwiches, which taste like chicken sandwiches. And they're amazing. And then but that's just breakfast. And then I'm going to eat French fries and popcorn. And like, here's, I just don't think I lose weight doing that. Here's for me, Well, that's number one. It's not, especially like, you know, as my wife points out, like I, I love veggie grill because I lost weight eating a veggie grill. Not, you know, the Jared Subway kind of way. Like right. I walked every day, but I got into a, like the kid introduced me to veggie grill. I fell in love with Beyond Burger and I fell in love with the nachos they made. And I was like, but this is, this is plant-based. This counts. I'm Jeez. a vegan. Yeah. I'm a, I could do this every fucking day. Yeah. And so, you know, first Jen would go with me and, you know, Jen's been vegetarian her whole fucking life, more or less. But then she was like, I can't like fucking do, I can't eat at the same place every day. She's I like, no problem. Me neither. And she's like, it's the fucking Burger King of vegan food. <laughs> and I'm like, it's looked it's fucking delicious and it's vegan. And yeah. That's the key here. I have to be plant-based. And so if this is as close as I get, this is it. So I fell in love with fucking veggie grill, but I keep it to like, at first I was um, trying to keep to like one meal a day. And so I was like, all right, so for this meal, you know, I'm going to fucking, I'm going to have me a beyond burger and shit like that. I'm going to have me nachos with the cheese and it's going to be great. Then I started seeing like, well, you don't fucking need the, bread like it's good but you know what you really like and i legit love the beyond burger yeah like, i like the taste of it fucking texture all of it is great so i was like you're here for that like so fuck the bun so i got rid of the bun and shit and then it, then i was like oh, all right well now, now you can eat 
all the chips as opposed to like, I'm only going to get a small order and you'll need half of the chips and shit. So I kind of figured out my way. And from the time I started trying to lose weight, which was, let's say, if I had the heart attack February 25th, 26 is the first day I go vegan. Um, and then probably like I came home and they were like, everyone's like, you can't do anything. So for the first week, I just like sat around and, and like, I was very careful with my diet. Like I remember having like Jennifer made me like a peanut butter and butter sandwich, but it wasn't butter. It was like that vegan spread. Cause I was like, well, I told the kid I'm going to try to go vegan. And you know, I was like, peanut butter's vegan. That works for now. And beans are vegan. So I was eating a lot of fucking pinto beans, black beans and shit that became as somebody who traveled a bunch, you know, like in Los Angeles, being vegans, easy as fuck yeah. Throw a rock. You hit a great restaurant where you're like, I'd rather eat this and fucking whatever they call real food and shit. Once you got out in the real world, you know, not as many choices, but I found like you always go to a Mexican restaurant, get a big fucking bowl of beans and chips and you're good to fucking go. Yeah, guacamole's delicious. Totally. So I found things that worked for me and I stuck with it, but honestly, more so than being vegan, it, and, and for those who give a shit, the being vegan part of it, it's it, what's beneficial is the thing that I told my kid, like, oh, all your options are gone. It takes away a bunch of shit right off your plate. Yeah. So number one, you're not even like, ooh, I could. It's gone. Yeah. So your choices be limited right off the bat. And that's a good thing. As Americans, so much choice. Walk into a fucking food store and look at the cereal aisle and it's dizzying. Yeah. You go to the gas station, you're yeah. fucking inundated with choices. With choice of food. and yeah. all of it bad. Like I remember watching that King Corn documentary and those fuckers went into a gas station and sampled all the food yeah. and tested it. Every one of them had like corn, corn fucking yeah. ingredients and shit like that. So, you know, at that point I'm like, all right, let me, I'm going to stick with this fucking program. It works for me. I found food that I can eat and stuff like that. Um, sadly it's not vegetables yet, but maybe I'll get there one day, <laughs> flat out vegetables and stuff. You know, some people like Jordan's like, I bet you I can make them in a way that you need them. I was like, I bet you know, I bet have I'm you like had a fried bus Brussels sprout? No, it's fucking delicious. It's a deep fried Brussels sprout. The texture alone just makes me like, like that shit came out the ground. <laughs> yeah, <sure laughs> like you're a vegan. <laughs> but um, yeah. Oh, it's like I went to Gracias Madre, which is a fucking wonderful re vegan restaurant, but it's like vegetable vegan. Yeah. So like, you know, I was used to veggie grill. My kid takes me there. I'm like, what the fucking eat here? It's all vegetables. <laughs> She's like, we're vegan. I'm like, well, we're <laughs> vegan. Yeah, yes, crazy. But, yeah, like this. This is a. Yeah. I'm eating vegetables. <laughs> <laughs> These Amish. people are nuts. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but they make tasty food and shit. So for me, it wasn't like it was definitely a combo, but less. I also like became a weight weight watchers, uh, or now it became WW spokesperson. So like once I lost some weight, they were like, Oh my God, fucking join our program. And yeah. I did. And then they were paying me to lose weight and shit. So it was super fucking easy. And do you follow their point system? I think that's a pretty good thing. It's a very good thing. That app, like once they came up the app where basically you just keep a very quick journal of what you eat and it'll yeah. tell you when you've hit your number and shit. They got the scanning tool where you can fucking scan a UPC code and it'll tell you how many points everything is like their database is amazing. The support team is fucking fantastic and stuff. So it was, it's definitely a useful program. Um, but more so than that was intermittent fasting. Yeah. Was just like, I don't eat more than a meal a day. And then during quarantine, I ate, started eating two meals a day and I saw results right away. Yeah. So I'm like, oh my God, I'm fucking putting it back on. 
So now I've, I've like, uh, recently this week, I fucked with. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. And intermittent fasts, I've never done... 72 hours and i've watched this video online some people are like stop watching videos but it was a he was a health professional and he talked about like the benefit of a 72 hour fast and what happens in the body and chemically what the breakdown and and at and fucking like hour 70 like it's crazy like um stem cells get released oh wow because once your body is like not in constant breakdown mode and constant digestion mode there are a lot of um, processes that would normally happen were we not a three meal a day culture. Yeah. Like, you know, our genetics that go way fucking back don't include breakfast. Right. Like no fucker ate breakfast. They woke up and they hunted for something to fucking eat. And then yeah. they, and that was breaking the fast, but they weren't like, well, you need juice and you need toast and you need a bowl of cereal and fucking eggs and shit. Like that. I've been trying to say that to my kids. Every time I hear I'm hungry, I'm like, great, let's go exercise. Like uh, that's what we're really supposed to do right now. Ray's thing was like, I want you hungry and cold. Yeah. He's going, you're going to feel hungry and I want you hungry and you're going to feel cold and I want you cold. And when you feel that way, go to bed. Right. That's simple. He's like, you're doing this for two fucking weeks. So it's going to be unpleasant sometimes. And he's going, but lean into it. Like, you're just going to react to it because I don't like being cold. I don't like being fucking hungry. He's going, but like, if you burn through day one, you'd be surprised what happens. And I learned very quickly that fucking like, once I get past 20 hours, the body goes into like survival mode where, and it's not like it goes into my muscles and starts eating my muscles. The first thing it fucking does is ketosis. It goes into fat burning mode. Cause it's like, well, this is what it's here for. So all of that fucking weight predominantly was lost by just not adding more weight by yeah. being an intermittent faster. And so, you well, know, it's like you said about choices. It's just limiting choices again, once again, and, and limiting the amount of input as well. Yeah. Realizing like truly listening to your body instead of, your parents or the TV or your teachers. Like, you know, I grew up in a, this is the food pyramid, right? This is what you do and shit. And 
because of that, when you tell people like, oh, I'm trying something else, everyone, even my doctor was just like, you got to do that. He's like, you ain't got to go vegan. And, and I don't know why you'd be skipping breakfast and stuff like that. But I was like, I'm going to try this. It works for me. I went into the doctor. What was it? Month after the heart attack, month and a half, maybe two months, two month checkup. Cause I was going in every week at a certain point, but it was the two month point. He was just like, what are you doing? And I said, I've just, I went vegan. And he's like, it's working. Like your cholesterol's in the toilet. Like right. They did a blood test on me and he was like, your cholesterol, he's going, everything is great. Your cholesterol is the problem. I was like, well, we knew that. That's why I had a heart attack. He goes, no, no, no. Cholesterol is in the toilet in the other way. Now he's right. going, it dropped. He's going, I apparently like I put you on fucking cholesterol breaking meds and now you're not putting any cholesterol into your system. So your cholesterol is like in the fucking toilet. He's what are you doing? I said, I just went vegan. He goes, Oh, well, good score one for them. Right. So it was a combination of all those things, but really it was a re-engineering relationship with food. I realized that like food to me is entertainment and it still very much is. And I, it's been reaffirmed during the pandemic as we're locked down. Um, you would imagine the best a human being could feel is like, I'm going to have some fucking sex and it's going to be amazing. It's good, but it's not as good as sitting there watching TV and eating some fucking good ass food, particularly with the woman you love. Right. You're both sitting there watching this thing and gorging out and shit. It's time for sex later on. We've had enough. Sex. And how long, you know, sex is how long is sex? Like, I don't want to sound lucky like an you're asshole. Out in five minutes. Right. Sex is brief. I'll sit and watch TV with a pizza for five hours. Bro, I sit there, watch two hour movie and I am like a cow grazing for two hours yeah. like it's not like i ate my meal in the first five minutes and then i enjoyed the movie yeah the only the movie's made better if i could keep fucking shoveling <laughs> it's so <laughs> one after yeah. another and shit that's comfort that is that's a place of peace and like that's honestly my favorite thing to do i just have to realize that that if, if you want that great but then that will put you back on a table one day yeah so i do it sparingly although but during the quarantine and then also like with the fasting routine, I found myself like recently going like, well, shit, I did 72 hours. Let me fucking change my clock altogether. So now I'm on a fasting clock of 20 slash four. So 20 hours of fasting, a four hour feeding window. Wow. So, you know, it's, it's great. Problem is when I did it for the first week, I leaned into a reward system where I was like, all right, I did 20 hours fast and I'm going to eat the, I got four hour feeding window. Let's and go. I, took it seriously. Like yeah. I fed for four fucking hours and that's not really the idea. Right. And you know, I was also just like, all right, well I didn't eat this so I could fucking eat two of these and shit. And food is entertainment to me. It's the most entertaining thing in the world. It gives me absolute fucking joy and pleasure. And even though I took away all the fucking like really bad foods that are fucking fun and shit like that, you know, it's like, it's like sex. Like sometimes like you know, oh my God, I'm fucking having sex with a, like uh, somebody who's like out of their minds and they're fucking crazy and they can show you the world and shit. But at the end of the day, sex is sex. Like if I'm going to come, that's great. So it don't have to be a amusement park. Right. It could be five minutes. And, yeah. You know, that's good food. There are grades of food Yeah, and it's something you could do for a long time. And it's something everyone enjoys. And it's something that only makes things better yeah. across the board. So I've had to learn to put that in its place to understand that like food can't be reward and it can't be entertainment. Like it's gotta be it's this fuel. Is fuel. That's yeah. literally it. And then some people are like, yeah, well, if it's fuel, you got to put on a fucking, you got to eat every day, three meals. And Ray was like, that analogy is incorrect. Ray cronies. He was like, um, the body, you don't fuel the body. You put raw crude into the body. And then the body creates fuel from the raw crude you put right. in. He's going, you're carrying enough fucking crude on you right now. 
that you can't use that. Well, I got to eat to, I got to eat a meal. He's like, your body can eat itself for the next fucking six months and you'd be fine. And Penn said that too. Penn was like, like I'm enjoying cake and steak and some of the worst shit I've ever eaten in my life because it's all stored and I'm cracking it open right now. (laughs) So he's like, you know, I'm saving it. It's, it's now no longer. And he fucking looked fantastic. So right away I was like, it'll be worth it if I could do what he did, even if I could do half of it. So at the end of the day, I got down to the, I hover between 195 and 205. Yeah. Going between the two, depending on how much vegan ice cream I've gotten into into a particular week. The only exercise regimen I did was like, I walk this hill up with the dog and I was doing that before anyway and shit like that. But, you know, after the heart attack, they're like, don't do too much. So I was doing that. But then, you know, I got to a place where I dropped so much weight. I was like, maybe I'll hike running. So then I started hiking running. But I never got into the next step, which was like, maybe I'll put like for me to lose as much weight as I did. Like, I never thought that was ever going to happen. I never thought I'd see my high school fucking weight. Right. Like again in this lifetime, let alone blow past my dogma weight and shit like that. So all that was like, wow, who knows what else is possible? So there are a few moments like, you know, muscle and fitness came like and did a piece on me and fucking, you know, I was like, every once in a while, I think about like, you know, fucking getting into a lifting regiment. And they were like, if you ever want to do that, we will pay for it. Just let us shoot the whole thing. Yeah. And I was like, oh, how interesting. So during, you know, I always figured like after the tour, you know, because we went on the Jay and Son Bob Rebu Roadshow tour for like four fucking months and stuff. So I was like, all right, maybe after the tour, the next like body trick would be like. I never thought I'd lose that much weight. Maybe I could put on muscle. I've never thought I've never done a pull up in my life. Maybe this would be the time. And I was on Joe Rogan. Have you tried to recently? No, I bet you could probably. Right. But how rarely does one see a pull up bar in life? I I fucking hit them like coming down my stairs. There's a place where I can grab onto the next floor. And so you do That's where I do it. That I, was where I learned I could do it too. I was like, I'm going to try this. I, I don't. Yeah. I, I, I wonder if I would just hang there like I did in high school. <laughs> But I was but on, fuck, man, even just hanging there is good. It's better than not even yeah. touching it. Rogan, when I was on Joe Rogan last, he was just like, um, he's going, that should be your 2020. He said, just do get some pull-ups done. Yeah. He's going, that's don't go crazy. He's going, but like, if you could pull that off, then you're in a better place than you were right now as we're having this conversation. So it's been a, a weird health journey. Um, thankfully, being vegan kept me from like putting on weight again and yeah. stuff like because otherwise i would have slanked back to the shit that i enjoyed eating and stuff but and you know good and bad news is that you know in the vegan community they got all fucking snacks and right. shit like that yes yeah. there's, there's we 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 have the same shit that's just doesn't have animals or dairy or fucking yeah. egg yeah and 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 in that's also bad because you're like this is good. It's vegan. Yeah, I can I'm eat, eat this all. whole can of chips. Well, but that's what that's where I come from because I go like the diet I'm on now. I get diet breaks mm-hmm. every couple of months. I take a couple of months off to like let my body settle down so it's not just stressed out all the time. Right, right, right. And for me, when I first heard diet break, I'm like, that's in and out and pizza. That's like that's going to be fucking far out. But that's not what it really How long means. Is diet break diet well right now it's been the quarantine i've been on a diet break and so diet break for you is is not like i'm gonna go nuts you're just like i'm not gonna be as regimented it's not even not it's just as regimented it's just not losing weight so 
whatever my calories are that I'm figuring out to lose weight, it's right. just a slight bump up so that I'm not losing weight. So essentially you're just maintaining. Yeah. Which when I hear, but you also have to build mass at the same time. Like, so do you eat to put on mass in order to turn that? That's an, a, a I'm just noise. like, you got to put on fucking weight to put on muscle. and shit. I'm just eating to maintain mass. Right. Like I'm not eating to gain. Like I, I think I'll do a, a bulk or a massing phase soon in the next five, six months. But and then where will that take you? Fuck. If I could gain three pounds of muscle, that's a huge deal. Um, how hard is it to turn? Gaining muscle is so fucking hard. What and now you probably know the metabolic science about it a lot better than I do. It's just is it a series of like tear that muscle? That muscle rebuilds. Yeah, basically stronger. Yeah. And you're and you're and you're gaining weight while you're building muscle the whole time, but you're not just gaining muscle, you're gaining fat and muscle. And so you gotta like gain this weight while you're lifting heavy and eating more and then cut the fat off without losing the muscle to see how much muscle you actually build. Or you get a DEXA scan that says exactly how much lean mass you have. And you look at the increase and you're like, oh, my lean mass is up by four pounds. My fat mass is also up by six pounds or whatever it is. You know, mm-hmm. fat is much easier to build than muscle. I remember my brother and sister went to this thing in Red Bank, right in the outskirts of Red Bank in New Jersey called the HERE Center. And it, here was like an acronym that stood for like health and exercise or whatever fuck. But they were, this was 19, you know, fucking 80 something. And there, they would do a BMI in the body mass index test by, you would wear like a bathing suit. Yeah. And then you go into like the water. Yeah. And there's a, there were way, a way that they weighed you in the water. I wouldn't do it because you couldn't wear clothes. You can only wear a bathing suit. <laughs> right. So they're like, you gotta take your shirt off. I was like, fuck no. And yeah. I never got it done and stuff. I never did the water tank either. So how does your reason measured? There's a scan that they developed for really, I think they developed it to um, test the density of bones in older people. Mm-hmm. And one of the byproducts is it also will show you your lean tissue and your fat. Like it just uh, gives you three readouts, your bone density, your lean tissue and your fat. And it's pretty much the most accurate. I mean, the machines are a quarter million dollars. And so you go, you don't do it at home. You go to a place. Yeah. You like, got to go to, you lay in a thing and it takes 20 minutes. It's like almost like an MRI where it goes. Yeah, over I've seen them advertised. Like, well, yeah. you come in here and get a full body scan and shit like that. Yeah. So that's what it is. We'll tell you what your layers are. I go and do that every four months. Are you shitting me? No. To, to see, to just like, I was having, this problem of consistently losing weight, but having the desire to have, I was working out, losing weight, right. wanting, thinking, well, I'm working out, I'm eating a lot of plant stuff. Right. I want to have big muscles, but I wasn't. Everything was getting smaller. And I went and got- While you're working out? Yeah. And I went and got these tests. And for every 10 pounds of weight loss, four to five pounds were muscle. And so I just had to completely restructure my diet because of that. So you were losing muscle yeah. while you were losing weight. Yeah. See, I, I think I'm in this position where I can't lose any muscle I don't have. <laughs> I, and I have so little fucking muscle tone yeah. to begin with. But I, and at the same time, you are not trying to retain muscle. Like, that's right. not your thing. You're not doing that. You, like you said, I just want to lose weight. 
But then that was then, but now I'm like, you know, all right, well, what's the next thing? And so every once in a while I'm like, well, like, I don't know. It'd be fucked up to be able to like wear a t-shirt in this life without like, well, I got to put a t-shirt over under that or a long yeah. shirt under that or something like that. There's a ton of great vegan protein, pea based protein powders and shit, which don't taste good. None of that shit tastes good. It's not fun, but it protein is protein powder you do because that's how you build muscle. Yeah. And that's, and so generally people that do that, like build muscle, they eat meat because that it's just a protein. quick, yeah, quick source of protein, which I, I've never understood because I think gram for gram, something like spinach actually has more protein than beef. But I think it's the way your body assimilates it that it gets wonky. Like you'd have to eat 40 bushels of In spinach to, to equal. Much. Yeah. But the protein powders, I know. I mean, there's Kai Green is on a plant-based diet, and he's fucking like Mr. Olympia-level bodybuilder. He's gigantic. So, so there are some that don't, that are vegan as well. Yeah. I, I, I suspect he has some supplemental health help that, you know, kind of makes it a little bit easier for him to build muscle. But right. I think you can do it. You could certainly build muscle on a vegan diet. What's um, now? How So how long... When did you stop biking? Fuck, 2012. And so you've not gone back to it? No. And you were doing it for how long? Two years. 2010 you were to fucking 2012. hardcore about it. Yeah. And had like a cyclist body at one point. I remember yeah. being like, Jesus fucking Christ. Shaved legs and the whole deal. For all that, like uh, Jen's dad, because um, we're here recording at my house. Um, Jen's dad, who lives with us, her stepdad, Byron, he's a big cyclist. He's yeah. got the outfit and shit like that. <laughs> yeah. He would go out for like, you know, he just, I think I was 70th, birth, 70th birthday, went out for like a 70 mile fucking bike ride and shit yeah. like that. But he was coming back from a bike ride with a friend of his, pulled into the lot, hit a little sand patch, wiped the fuck out. Yeah. And went into the hospital. Like, the, like woke up, didn't remember what the fuck happened and it fucked him up pretty badly. And he had to get some back procedures and shit like that. Yeah, 2012, I'd ridden from the other side of this hill to Palos Verdes. Oh, my God. Rode around the top of that hill, and on my way back in Torrance, I guess, completely wiped out. My my eyebrow was hanging off my face like skull was visible. Oh, fuck. Herniated quadricep muscle in my leg. Oof. The outfit was shredded. Like, Wait, what did you... Did you- Go, you went down? Uh, yeah, I went over my handlebars, and it happened so fast, I never got my hands off of my handlebars, so I didn't, like, protect my face. Uh, cracked my helmet, like, hit the pavement head first. Oh, my God. Then my hands, still holding the handlebars, took the skin off both of my hands from my index finger back to my thumb. It was a gnarly accident. Went to the hospital, <sighs> and... I still rode after that, but I definitely was like, this might be something I need to taper down with. And then I started lifting weights. What was the, what did you, did you hit something? Did you? My chain, something happened with my chain and it just sent me over the handlebars. It just locked up. Yeah. Oh my God. And that's one of those things like, well, that's why you don't exercise. Yeah. <laughs> More exercise. No, I am so careful with lifting weights because my I've had knee surgery. I have a torn meniscus. I've had bicep surgery. I had a torn bicep. Is that from biking this, or work? That's from working out? This was, no, this was from a fight scene with Hugh Laurie. 
uh, you overthrew, you overextended yourself. <laughs> yeah. He fucking <laughs> tore my bicep off my arm. Uh, and you how know, how long is the recovery on that? Months. So could you, were you in the middle of working? A lot of squats. I did a lot of squats. Yeah. Uh, you it was the working. last episode of the first season. Oh, so you so, had time to recover yeah. before <laughs> yeah. the next season began. Got the surgery a couple weeks later. Oh, shit. Yeah. All right, so I, wait, what happened to the knee? Is that biking? No, that was CrossFit doing box jumps. You jump up onto these boxes and you jump off. And it's just like too much. Like I'm now like like lifting weights for me. I'm not trying to beat anyone. At, like I'm stronger than you. I am the safest, like most old man <laughs> about not doing anything dangerous. It's all slow. Do you lift like you work out by yourself, but do you lift? Are there other people at a gym? Yeah. Yeah. What is the what's that like? Like, do, do, all right, do people look at each other? Yeah. I'll tell you, I'll tell you what it's like. The first day I ever went into a gym, I was mortified, felt like I didn't belong there at all to the, like one of the last times I was at a gym, I saw this dude, super fit dude looking at me. And I was like, this fucking guy's judging my form or he's going to talk shit or something. And he came up and then asked me how to properly do something. And I was like, Oh, I'm okay. Here, let me show you. And I just, it was like, Oh, I'm now that guy, that guy in the gym. You're the regular and shit where you know what you're doing more so than that guy. Right. Yeah. If it's, you know, there's always an aspect of like, Oh man, like fucking like, there's not much I could do anon anonymously. Yeah. Um, and it's not like, Oh, fucking world knows who I am, but, Chances are, if I go into a gym, they're going to be like, hey. Yeah. Especially if I'm wearing a backwards baseball cap and all that shit. I, I, you know, Kumil Nanjiani? Yeah. I mean, I, I don't know him insanely well, but I know him. Amazing dude. fucking ripped. We go to the same gym. You were there when he was getting all big? Well, I, we go to the same private guy who right. we go to very rarely. Right. And we also happen to live near each other and go to the same public gym. And nobody bothers him. Like, he just shows up does his workout. We say hi, chat a little bit, do our workout. It's not you. So you watched his body transform. Yeah, no, I, I kind of started working out with him after and he so looks he insane. Fucking rip. Yeah. He looks insane. Uh, He's crazy. got every muscle you need. I mean, but that's what that Marvel money will buy you, man. They'll, yeah. they'll, he's probably got a trainer for every muscle. He's got yeah, <laughs> a special ab muscle. Yes. The muscles that just sit on your ribs and do nothing. They, they're training those. Are they really? No. <laughs> it's amazing, man. When you look at those Marvel flicks, like, you know, for like, it is about, we, they must have in a contract. You have one shirtless shot per yeah. movie and they want those fuckers to look like, their comic book counterparts, man. So, yeah. like, what's in the recent, what we used to call it, like, the fucking V or whatever, but in the recent yes. Rick and Morty, they called it cum gutters. Cum gutters. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, I'd never heard that before. It was awesome. But now, I've, I've had a fucking, cum gutters. I've had an existential crisis about cum gutters. Whose cum is it? <laughs> exactly. Whose fucking cum is it? As and why, why is it there? Yes. It, it's, well, I believe the term refers to, when folks have sex with one another yeah. and jizz on somebody's fucking okay. chest and that, and then it comes down, down. the cum gutters, the nearest I could figure, nobody's explained it to me and I right. could be way wrong. But so when I first heard it. Once I got past the laughter, I was like, Oh, I guess it would be kind of that in that. Right. Like, if you were getting a splash across the chest, 
It only goes down. And so those are cum gutters. I'm never getting a splash across the chest. <laughs> then I guess you don't have to worry about cum gutters. But I want those cum gutters so bad. So like a lot of houses have gutters on their house. They don't yeah. need them. They, they don't, don't need them. For right. fucking, We're in our limitation. Yeah, so that's there right. you go. Yeah. Well, I'm so glad that it isn't just as easy as just go vegan. Yeah. That there's more to it than that. No. I mean, that's the thing. It's easy. That's the easiest to communicate. Like, oh, I went vegan, which is absolutely fucking true. Yeah. But, you know, the, the, to me, the more important and even more so than fucking WW was learning intermittent, intermittent fasting. And nobody wants to hear that. That's to a lot of people that's easily written off as like, oh, that's fucking quack science. You got to eat every day. Right. But you, you don't need to eat it. It's that fucking simple. You don't need to eat three meals a day and you don't need to eat every day. Like yeah. Fucking you could skip every other day and be in the shape of your life. And it's not like some people like to equate it to like, Oh, that's bulimia or anorexia. And shit. No, it's not about eating and then throwing it the fuck up. Right. It's about you don't eat and then you let your body eat itself. And if you're the person who has a body to be eaten, like I wouldn't recommend this to, like incredibly fit or thin people, although they do it. Yeah. Like that's how they get thin and fit. They realize like, I don't need this much fucking food. They get smart about it. Yeah. It's not about like great genetics and shit like that. All that helps. It's just, you know, I remember that an old Bloom County comic strip where I think Opus was just like, you know, what's the secret to losing weight? And the kid was like, it's no secret. You just eat less and you exercise more. And he right. goes, yeah, but what's the secret? <laughs> right. You know, and it's, it is basic math. It's like, if you're putting in less calories, fucking you lose weight. It's that simple. Yeah. So for me, IF intermittent fasting is the real key. I mean, look, I'll, I'll always stay vegan because my kid, you know, will fucking kill me if I ever slip off. And honestly, I don't miss anything. There's, yeah, but I love what you said about it, limiting your choices. That's a fucking big deal. Helps in this, in, in America, particularly. If we were European, it'd be a different story altogether. Yeah. They don't fetishize food. They love food. Don't get me wrong. But they don't, you know, they, number one, they don't make the, the amount of crap food that we do. Right. Uh, in this country, like heavily manufactured fucking food and shit. Having those options removed is not a bad thing. Yeah. And here, you know, this thing I said to myself when I was kicked sugar years ago for the first time, I was like, you ain't saying that you're never going to have sugar again for the rest of your, your life. Sugar ain't going anywhere. Right. You can give up sugar for 50 fucking years and then decide that you want it. And guess what? It's still going to be there. Yeah. So learn how to interact with it. Treat it like the the special occasion rather than the norm, you yeah. know, sugar was a building block of my food period and stuff of pyramids. So it is just about kind of re-educating that way. That's what I found worked absolute best for me. Helps to not listen to people too. Like Ray, you know, was like, look, when you start, he, he was like, don't tell anybody about this diet. Yeah. And he's like, it's not cause it's crazy. It's just cause it's crazy. How many people you will deal with who tell you you don't have to do that. Yeah. And he's going, they're, you know, fucking wrong. Of course, they might have your best interest at heart. They love you or whatever the fuck, but like, this is safe and you can totally do this and should do it. Yeah. So, and now, you know, every once in a while, like I surf the internet and read about other people doing it. Joe Rogan's had some IF folks on his show and whatnot. And, and it seems to be, I'm not going to say it's incredibly common, but there are more people practicing it than I thought. Like I put up a thing on Twitter couple weeks ago where I was like, I just finished a 72 fucking hour fast. And, you know, some people are like, you're crazy. But then there were other people like, what, what do you mean? Yeah. What is that? And, you know, I put up a picture of, I use the, I forget what the app is called, but there's an app that somebody said, Hey, if I could get this and it counts your fast for you. Zero. 
So it's just a you know clock. You can do the same thing with a fucking clock, but it just shows you once you click it, you've been fasting this long. So a bunch of people I saw on Twitter have been putting up their times where they're like, I'm doing this and this is actually fucking working out for me. Like in the scientific breakdown of the video that I fucking watched, like they described like, you know, at hour fucking 52, you get this weird, acute sense of mental clarity. Right. And, you know, I was like, that's got to be both. And it was. And then you get it. You get it. And you're like, oh, my God. Like, it's all predicated on science. And, you know, the science of digestion and how the body works to get rid of and process anything that you put into it makes sense when you step back from it. And then stepping back from like, you know, the food complex, like, and I'm not saying like, you know, fucking uh, food industrial complex and shit. Nobody ever forced me to eat anything and shit. And the people that make food that's tasty, they're like, look, we're in a business. We like selling shit. You like eating shit, buy the shit. If you don't want it, fuck you. There's somebody else to fucking buy. But once you get out of it, once you, you know, realize a little space, you know, that's when you start going like, fucking, why do I need a breakfast? Like, where'd that come from? Yeah. That kind of hype and shit. Why do I need this? Why don't I? Maybe I shouldn't pay, eat past like eight o'clock. So generally speaking, I don't eat past eight o'clock ever. Um, twice during quarantine, I found myself eating like late at night, which just felt so foreign and bad. Like, right. It felt dirty where I was like, oh my God. Almost it's like dark. I cheated on my wife. Yeah. Like, this is horrible. How will I ever get over this and shit? And in fact, like the day after... Like I had ice cream at like 11 o'clock at night. It was vegan ice cream still. Next day, I was like, I'm starting a 72-hour fast. <laughs> Fuck this. I've got to get control again. And so sometimes that's necessary. Like food is like any other drug. It's so fucking pleasurable. I could sit here and talk a great game about fucking my distance from it and how I treat it now. But like you get me with the right shit and the fucking right movies on, I'll put it right the fuck back on. I'll sit yeah. there and fucking eat it. And so... I've never I'm, gotten sick of cheeseburgers. Oh, nothing. Never. And, and and I'll get sick of Disneyland, hanging out with my kids, hanging out with my wife. I'll need a break <laughs> yes. from everything. It's true. But, but I can eat cheeseburgers three times a day, no problem. Do you like so you you uh you're not full vegan. You'll fuck with me. I'm not a vegan at all. No. You will fuck with vegan I, food because it's good. Yeah. I mean like veggie grill is yummy and shit. But I don't think of veggie grill. Veggie grill for me is a cheat. Like I'll have it on a cheat for a cheat meal. You know what I mean? I'll also have a cheeseburger, but my cheat meals are very, very rare. I'm pretty much just low fat, right, like right, right. extremely low so fat. So what do you eat the mostly? Chicken breasts, rice, chicken breast, and right. vegetables. I don't fuck with olive oil. I'll sometimes take fish oils. If Why? What's with the alchemy? You don't fuck with olive oil. Tell me. I just want no fat. And there's high fat content in the olive oil? It's almost pure fat. Is that right? Yeah. So then what do you cook with? I don't, I don't use oil. I just put, I boil the chicken, cook the rice in a rice cooker and I don't put oil on. I mean, if I'm going to put something in a pan, like if I get some like, uh, 97% fat free ground beef and I want to cook it in the pan, it'll stick. It's not good. So I'll spray it with a little like Pam or something. That's what I used to do. And then recently in lockdown, like I used to go to veggie grill every day. And then, you know, since we're kind of locked up, I started making beyond burgers at home. Yeah. And then, um, uh, I was using olive oil and shit and I thought I was being smart. And then, um, you know, I, I was, I saw, I was at Jason's house and his wife was cooking something and she had like a spray, a bromizer. So she put the olive oil in it and sprayed that. Yeah. And I was like, Oh, check you out. I was like, what was that? And she's gone. I just put my olive oil in this. And Cause you use so much less. 
was, she said she was going, what do you do? And I was like, well, I just put it in a pan and shit. And she goes, well, then you're frying it. <laughs> and I was like, oh my God, you're right. I'm, I'm having fried Beyond Burgers. No wonder they're fucking amazing. Awesome. I'm like, oh my God, they're so tasty. Yeah. So yeah, it's, it, 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 wow, that's good to know. All right, man, I'm going to fucking get rid of olive oil. Cause it's not like, no, I'm no, like, listen, you no, listen. I'd rather get rid of it. Cause it's not like, you know, to me, I'm like, Hey, it's vegan, but I don't need it. I used to cook with Pam all the time. So. Yeah. I, I just look at fat and I go a carbohydrates, four calories per gram. Proteins four calories per gram. Look at you, you're like Goodwill Hunting. You know the math of this shit. Fat is nine calories per gram. So do it again. Carbohydrates and protein four calories per gram. Yeah. Fat nine. It's two point five times as many calories. So you take a gram of olive oil. Yeah. And you've just excised one gram of protein and fat plus a little point of protein and carbs. So that that this is good. This that's is good my know. that's where I do that calculation, but. You know, you got to have some fat. Yeah, but like there's, I'm, I'm, well, I imagine it's got to be fat in the things I eat. Like, yeah, because I'm eating, I'll have vegan cheese and that's still. That's got fat. fat. Nuts. Yeah, nuts have fat. Nuts have fat. Yeah. Like, yeah. And I do a lot of nuts and stuff. You know what I found was like the, the thing that I was not, I never fucked with prior to this, but then all of a sudden I'm like, my God, it's a building block of my bullshit. Chickpeas. Delicious. And they they work. They yeah. have everything. They're yeah. like, hey, we made it a cookie. Hey, we made it a fucking bread. Hey, we made it a cracker. I'm like, this fucking chickpea. You can do anything with <laughs> it's it. It's a dip. It's a stew. It's, it's, yeah, a soup. it's like, yeah. fuck it. It's the wonder food, man. Yeah. You can, you can deep fry a chickpea and it's fucking delicious. Oh, they make this Seville Row or whatever they're fucking called. Like, they make these Bombay spice fucking chickpeas that are like, that just, they taste like corn nuts. Yeah. They crunch like corn nuts and shit. But, um, yeah, man, it's been an interesting fucking journey and it's not over yet. As long as I'm above ground, I'm going to always want to defer to the thing I've been most my life, which yeah. has been an irresponsible fucking eater. And I've been able to keep my shit together for, with, as a vegan for two years. I don't think that's going to be a problem. I don't see myself ever being like, I'm off the reservation. <laughs> like, I like all the shit I eat in this world. So it's fucking good. But the only problem is I do like the shit I eat in this world and, you know, you can't just fucking eat it all. Yeah, but it takes some regulation, control. whatever yeah. you do. It t- but it's always, I think that's where I've gotten to also. It's like I, I, for a long time, was happy to blame, like, you know, gluten. If I just get rid of gluten, that's what's making me fat or, or sugar. Sugar's so what, making me what fat. What did you narrow it down to what you think or what you know made you fat then? I, I think it was just me. It was just that I ate too much. So the choices. Yeah. So it, was, it wasn't genetic. It wasn't like, I can't, my body won't no. or something like that. I can eat a piece of bread right now. And as long as I, as long as I figure it out for the day and, and put it into where it goes, right. it's fine. I, I have no reaction to it. Were you ever gluten? Like a I was a celiac or whatever the fuck? Not really. I mean, I'd travel in Europe and tell every Italian I ran into, no, I can't have your pasta. I'm celiac. But it was bullshit. It's because I believed that gluten was poisonous. Is that right? Yeah. So, but And then now- I believed lectins were poisonous for a minute. Somebody sold me on like, you know, nightshades are poisonous. I, I wanted to deflect and blame food. Right. And I've come around to like, no, it's really Personal just me. responsibility. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's, you know, I'm sure like when we talk about like, oh, I could do this and just eat food all day and watch TV. I'm sure everyone understands that. Yeah. Because like it don't, you know, some people are like drinkers. Some people are stoners. Some people are this. Everyone eats. Yeah. Everyone. And it's, that's like having that be my Achilles heel my whole life has been this, you know, fucking 
unavoidable double-edged sword, right? Because you got to eat. Right. Like, it's not like you don't have to do cocaine and heroin. That's right. a choice and shit. Um, and if you don't do it, it's probably better for you. But you got to eat. And so the moment you open your mouth, it's tough to close your mouth again when, you know, you're kind of got the genetic makeup or the psychological makeup that I have, which is like, but I love that. And why not have more of it? And getting successful at a young age was, you know, also something that fucking hurt me physically as well, because clerks got picked up. I was 23 years old. I, I felt like I was the smartest guy in the room. I was like, you kid, I'm in charge now. Yeah. I'm going to eat cake every fucking day. Yeah. Like fucking, I'm not going to like. Up is down, black is white. Like, apparently I make the rules and shit. And, you know, at a certain point, it's like, sure, you can have cake every day, but you're going to look like this, you're going to feel like this. And honestly, I never felt unwell. Yeah. Even at my heaviest, I was never like, oh, my God, I fucking don't feel good. Um, You know, I just I just felt like it was there. And, like, I remember for fucking years like people would be like hey big guy hey, big guy and you'd be like i'm the big guy aren't i <laughs> i mean no wonder they're calling me the big guy i'm i'm the guy in charge yeah but you know their big guy was probably a mixture of hey you are the director and hey big guy <laughs> right <laughs> so you might want largest one of the group yes yeah and 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 i think being like being silent bob it's like oh my god i got a license to be heavy so much so that when we made reboot people were like are you gonna wear a fat suit like what the fuck you can't be silent bob unless you're heavy and shit and there was like one single moment where people were like do you want to put the weight back on i was like i just fucking struggled to get it off <laughs> right. like, fuck you guys. i don't want to do that movie that bad yeah they'll deal with a thinner silent bob we'll work it into the fucking script yeah but um yeah man it's it, it's it's something that'll I got to watch for the rest of my life. Yeah. Just like my heart now, just like my, my health. Um, I know that eating is my bugaboo and you know, it's with us, with overeaters, it's like an alcoholic dealing with fucking alcoholism. And generally speaking, the best way to deal with alcoholism is like, I put it behind me and I just can't even go near it. Yeah. And some people I see like Jason says all the time, Jason's like, I, you know, I was like, do you ever miss anything? And he goes, really? The only thing every once in a while is I'll see a beer commercial and everyone's having a good time having a beer. And I'm like, why can't I be that fucking guy? But I know that it'll start like in the commercial and then I'll wind up with a needle in my arm and all this shit. So he's like, best not to even fuck with it. And that makes absolute fucking sense. Yeah. You can't do that with eating. Right. You can't be like, I know if I fucking, you know, eat that soup. It's going to lead to other me wanting to eat other things. Like that's the idea. Yeah. We'll be at the buffet in Vegas by the end of the night. Exactly. So it's, it's tough, man. Of all the, you know, I was, I was always glad having dealt with Jason's addictions and stuff that I, you know, never dealt with a heroin addiction or cocaine addiction or booze or, but I would sit there and lecture him all the time and be like, get off heroin. Stop abusing yourself while eating pizza and right. ice cream and shit like <laughs> yeah. that. And he was always very kind about never being like, what about you, dad? <laughs> what about you? Yeah. You've got addictions and shit. Yeah. And even to this day, he's never like, um, you know, you should or you, you know, he like he knows I lost weight, but he doesn't celebrate it. Yeah. Because to him, he's like your weight was never an issue for me. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Which is the nice thing for a friend to say. So, but my wife too, when I lost weight, she was just like, yeah, you look great, but she's going, it was obviously never a thing. Right. Like she, you know, fucking, I was with you when you were fucking three bills. So this is nice. Yeah. But like, but I don't, I'm in they for don't penny, really in care. For pound. Yeah. So that's, that's always nice to know that like, 
if, you know, one day fucking like I just wound up back at the same place, she wouldn't be like, I'm fucking leaving you. Or maybe right. she would. Maybe would be like, hey, man, I got used to the fucking lighter <laughs> you. And I don't want to go back to this with the hooded, sleeveless, hooded fucking sweatshirts and shit like that. And, you know, I look back at pictures now and I'm like, fuck, man, I just, I just grabbed anything that would cover my body, but that I could live with. Where I'm like, oh, this is, this looks it doesn't look cool, but it looks, I can live with this. Like, <laughs> right. pick an outfit and it's fucking passable. live in that. Yeah. yeah. So, so fucking, you know, it's covering my nudity. That's the only <laughs> right. thing that matters. Right. But uh, it's been a weird fucking journey, man. As you know, you've had a weird one, too. Yeah. Well, I congratulate you. I think you look awesome. I congratulate you. Yeah. Fucking, all I did was, like, drop some weight. You fucking look. Look at you, man. Full transformation. God damn it, dude. Fucking, you, I'm telling you, like. In the muscle bear community, you be a fucking god. <laughs> yes. Oh, you get so much dick. <laughs> so much dick. You better tell fucking your lady, like, listen, treat me right. Because I, there are a bunch of yeah. men out there that would take a bite in an instant. Congratulations to two guys who were like, uh, you know, the heaviest cats in mall rats. Yeah. We saved ourselves. Yeah, we did. <laughs> we did good. Kevin Smith, thank you very much. Ethan, thank you so much. Biking question from Lewis. He writes, my question is, when you were a super big guy and into riding your bike every day, what type of bike did you ride that made you feel comfortable over the long distances? I've always loved to cycle, but never rode a bike with a comfortable seat for my heaviest weight, 298 pounds. When I was at 210 pounds, I found many road bikes and mountain bikes comfortable, but struggled since I ballooned back up to 298 to find a bike that I can take out on a 70 to 80 mile daily ride. Thank you for your question, Lewis. So I think the issue is less about the bike and more about the saddle or the seat. And that is like recommending a pair of shoes to somebody. So I would really just go and try out different saddles to go to a high-end bike shop to get properly fitted. But they look at how you fit the bike and then they, you know, through whatever metrics they have for this they figure out what saddle is best for you and then you know you you uh i think you can try it out i went through a few different saddles and then found one i liked and never switched it i don't remember what brand or style it was but that's what i'd recommend for that i don't think it has anything to do with the bike itself um i think it's a it's a seat issue which you know they come with seats but that's a that's a real common thing to switch out for comfort. Thank you for your question, Lewis. If you have a question you'd like me to answer on the podcast, please submit it to AmericanGlutton.net. Thank you. Thanks for listening to this episode of American Glutton. I'm Ethan Suplee, and as always, joined by my chaperone, Paige Dorian. Follow us on Instagram at American Glutton Podcast. Sincerely. 
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.